Welcome to the NEPA Scene Podcast. This is episode 60. We're coming to you from the Stud at 25.8 Studios in Scranton. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. I'm Mark. I run 25.8. That was... <laughs> and uh, Lauren is sick again, so... Uh, well, and she has on. a forest burn. A what? A forest burn. Uh-huh. Apparently, she tried to stomp out a forest fire yesterday, so that's part of it. Oh. Is that what they call a forest burn? That's I, what I, she called it. Okay, I didn't. I She's wasn't like, aware oh, that I, was a term. I don't feel well, and I have a forest burn. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, fair enough. Peace but we, be with you. <laughs> we are here with uh, Connor O'Brien and Simone Daniel of the uh, New Vintage Ensemble. So, how you doing, guys? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Is it NVE? Mm. New Vintage Ensemble. Yeah. NVE. All right. <laughs> And uh, we're here to talk about their new uh, sketch show, which is at the uh, Scranton Cultural Center. And of course, uh, theater in general and all that great stuff that's going on in the area. So uh, we look forward to that conversation before I, uh, you know, drone on for a couple minutes. So first, uh, you should be listening to uh, Wilkes-Barre Alternative Rock Band Down to Six. Uh, they're our featured band this week. Uh, really, really cool stuff. And they're actually working on a new album now. Uh, so now's the time to kind of catch up on uh, their first album and uh, their EP that was out last year before uh, you hear their uh, their current album that they're working on, which uh, I think they have some guest stars on. Uh, Ed Cuzo and uh, Aaron Fink are going to be on there, as well as a couple other uh, artists. Um, comedian and TV star George Lopez will be performing stand-up at the uh, Sands Bethlehem uh, Event Center on October 28th. I'm personally not a fan. I never really understood what people love about him so much like i always thought his show was really boring but then you read all you know like you, you get the bio whenever you post this stuff and you hear the accolades and you're like wow like i guess the really is, i met like, him i worked on a movie with a him. lot of people was he a nice guy real sweet guy he seems like a Wonderful good guy man. like yeah i mean I, i've i've seen a lot of interviews with him and stuff and he seems cool i just i don't know what i it will is. just I, cite what i think is like one of the funniest family guy jokes of all time is that the george lopez show furthers the stereotype that george lopez is funny <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even saying I disagree with that. I've listened to some of his stand-up. I think it's. I think some of it's pretty funny. I, it's yeah, not my cup. Yeah, but, of not, tea, but not everybody hits every joke. No, no. I also think that Lopez, like the new show he has, which is like his what twelfth in the past year. Yeah, right. I think is pretty interesting. I mean, first of all, let me make a clear statement: George Lopez is doing way better than me. So, <laughs> so God knows that, he's and gonna, all of us. So God knows he's going to be listening to this Scranton, Pennsylvania podcast and just. Yeah. crying himself to sleep with his millions. It's it's such a uh, more cleaned up take on Louis. I feel like mm. oh, okay. I, if you watch, if you have you watched any of it, I went and saw him last week. Where'd you see him? The Louis was here. He was uh, Louis C. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about George. Yeah. I think George Lopez. No, George like, wow, Lopez. he's coming back through the area a lot. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is why he needs this much time for us to talk about him. <laughs> so Absolutely. He wins again. This segment brought to you by George Lopez. <laughs> George Lopez. What I am looking forward to, though, Henry Rollins is going to be here. Oh, my uh, old friend. The November Kirby 6th. Center in Wilkes-Barre, November 6th. Super, super excited for that. I've driven to see him a whole bunch of times. He's always really, really interesting. Uh, really has uh, tells these really great stories from uh, on the road and uh, traveling around the world and doing really bad, bad movies, <laughs> uh, which he freely admits to that they're they're terrible. But, I'm so you know, excited. You know, I, I would do terrible movies, too, if I was not only getting paid that but then to be able to travel the world with that money that's that's pretty cool so um he yeah he's gonna be really interesting i'm looking forward to that uh quite a bit if i go i wonder if he'll remember me 
Oh my God, Mark, we get it. You know people. <laughs> Don't you, Connor? <laughs> I do, actually, but not as many as you do, apparently, Mark. People can hear your sass. <laughs> All right, just kiss already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. There's 20 feet and nothing between us. <laughs> Except, keep going. I'll think of what uh, to say for that one. <laughs> Mark, uh, you, you know this guy, uh, Stephen Karam, uh, who's a, a, a playwright. Don't, origi- don't. Can you go back so yeah. Connor doesn't get pissed? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I met him like once. No, no. I'm not going to pretend like I know him. <laughs> Right, he, went to, he went to school with my sister. He is a lovely, charming human being. Has been very encouraging to me. That's it, Stephen. If you're listening, I'm not using your name to name drop anywhere. If you could get no, me some did. Hamilton tickets, <laughs> <laughs> that would be tight. Oh, and 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 to your show too. The, I like how you forgot that one. Like that wasn't the first one. Like the Tony Award winner for best play. You were like, can I go to Hamilton? I don't have to drop eight hundred bucks to go see the humans, though. Now, do is that how much it is? In yeah, some in some yeah, tickets, Hamilton's yeah. Like wow. No, in all seriousness, though, I've actually read the humans. Though you could pick up a script at the drama bookshop. I read the script; it's really, really good. So, anyways, Rich, he yes, uh, he wrote a play called the the humans, which uh, uh, premiered on Broadway uh, this this past year. It's also it's been it, it was uh, off Broadway uh, the year before, and I think believe it premiered in uh, twenty fourteen was the the world premiere in Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's gone on to uh, quite a bit of acclaim, and uh, just last night uh, took home uh, four Tony Awards, which is pretty cool. And it was what uh, best actor, best actress, best. Uh, best set play. design, best yep. featured actor in yeah. a play, featured actor, um, male and female. Was it male and female? Yeah, yeah. I know one yeah. in a play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I was yeah, gonna yeah. say because no musical was different though. Of yeah, course. duh. Okay. Yep. Um, and then it was Desi- best some set. kind of design. Yeah, they had a really interesting set. But I listened. I I listened to um you know the what the fuck Marin podcast the WTF. Yep. Yeah. He was on that. Yeah. And. Uh, Scott Rudin who's a huge Hollywood producer apparently saw it in Chicago and was like this needs to be on Broadway so mm. he he's the one who actually moved it from Chicago to Broadway and I believe he made it happen I believe also I can't speak about the Chicago cast I'm sure it's very similar but it's the same off-Broadway cast that went to Broadway yeah it's the same yeah, they brought everybody cool. with them from, did it is it the same cast that was in Chicago though yes or did I that, believe so that's yeah. amazing yeah that's yeah, incredible really cool. that's beautifully incredibly rare and that's yeah. usually by the time it gets to Broadway, they'd be like, all right, well, John Hamm needs to jump in. <laughs> We're just going to. I mean, I would. Ju- he just I'm not going to say no. He just, he, he's the, he's the, he just walks across stage for no, no reason. No, but it's just, yeah. Just, and just John Hamm. Just John Hamm. It's New York, dad. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but I mean, it's rare, though. I mean, Broadway is so, 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 com- so, so, so commercial. Um that I mean, and and even when it's at its most beautiful, I mean, that's what I think is so amazing about the humans and Hamilton, which we could, I mean, you definitely Hamilton was the biggest musical of the year, and then well, yeah, obviously the humans was the biggest play, as determined, you know, by the awards. It's really incredible to see. Well, and he's nominated. He was nominated for a Pulitzer twice, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, n- twi- yeah. And the only reason, he, and the only reason he didn't get it this year was because of Hamilton. Which you know, ne- if Hamilton came out next year. It would have mm-hmm. been huge. Mm-hmm. The humans would have been huge this year. Humans was, pr- I mean, human for, no, it was, it was a, huge for a play. Yeah, it was huge. It's, it's, I mean, Broadway plays do not really. 
Not I to, don't you and I you and I have discussed this. I don't know much about the well. Culture. Consider the other nominees that were in best play. So you have Eclipsed, which I believe Nopita Nyong'o mm-hmm. appeared in. You have uh, Long Day's Journey Tonight, which Jessica Lange won the best main actress award. Okay, for um, I can't remember the gentleman who won best actor. This is so awful. Like the, yeah, the fame, the hugely famous actor Frank. Is it Langlia? Langella. 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 Wow, I'm terrible. With, I'm so bad with names. <laughs> He won for Best Actor for The Father. I mean, so you're talking about like these huge, either the, the plays are either hugely well-known revivals of like the playwright's either a big name or the or the actor is a huge name. I mean, and, and Stephen Karam is renowned and is an incredibly talented and well-respected author, but he's, first of all, living. That's a huge, mm-hmm. I mean, just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious, though. He's a what? He's like a, you know, 30-year-old, you know, playwright from Strive. 35-year-old playwright from, from Scranton, Pennsylvania, you know, who, I mean, of course, attended Brown University and, you know, has a well-respected career and a cast of well-respected, well-known, but not exactly A-list actors is now on Broadway winning Tonys. That's huge. Yeah. And that's just a testimony to how incredible a writer he is. Did you want to... <laughs> I had to sneeze. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's Okay. So he he threw a nice plug in for uh, Northeastern Pennsylvania. I saw that, but you know what? His speech was great because it was just concise mm-hmm. and yep. done. It was everything you wanted, just yep. wrapped up in a, a good minute and thirty good seconds. Writer. Instead of <laughs> that's right, yeah, he's on top of that shit. <laughs> he knows nice. what he's doing. <laughs> nice riches. He's on top of that shit. <laughs> So, uh, Crowbot, I don't know if you're familiar oh, with them. them. They're, they're a great band, uh, out of Pottsville who, uh, have, have, uh, gone on to quite a bit of fame the last couple of years. Uh, they premiered a new song. So we have that, uh, streaming on the site now. They are putting out a new album, uh, later this year. So, um, it's a little bit of a, a preview of what they have coming up. Really good stuff. If you, if you like, uh, uh, that classic seventies, uh, rock sound, uh, they the definitely have the space just awesome stuff and uh, a lot of their stuff's about like sci-fi and things like that so you know really cool it's like it's like it's like it's like like b-movie genre music it's really weird yeah yeah so we'll just talk about like space and ghosts and shit So, uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Prophets of Rage. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, they're going on their first national tour. Uh, it's going to be in Philly, Jersey, and uh, New York in August. So, uh, definitely looking forward to that. This is what, Run DMC, Cypress Hill, and Rage Against the Machine, right? Yeah, yeah. What a great lineup. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a weird one. Uh, I didn't know Shaggy was still around, but apparently he is. <laughs> yeah. And and he's gonna be at Mount Airy Casino, Lova. June eighteenth. <laughs> I just he he's to me he sounds like uh, if a frog could sing, and and I think that's so weird. Do you know that, he's like, a so, marine? Get yeah, out. get out. Yeah, he actually I, I read about that when we were posting. I was like, wow, this guy actually and he, and he's uh, oh. he has diamond selling albums, not platinum, diamond selling albums. Like he's actually world renowned in the ter- in uh, in the world of reggae. Like, yeah, yeah. But uh, that was just his one hit here. So that's all Americans know him for because we're always on to the next thing. Yeah. But I, <laughs> uh, apparently everywhere else, uh, they, they know him pretty well. And, he, and he's uh, quite charitable with his millions as well. Oh. So, so so good for him. So you know, Shaggy's do, you, do you know why? Do you know why? Nurture. Shaggy's a nurturer caregiver. They call me Mr. Boombasta. No, nothing. No, I remember, I like I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Low. 
I just remember the more recent when Kristen Wiig went on SNL. Remember when they made they uh, they made fun of Lana Del Rey's performance? No. And Kristen Wiig, the, Lana Del Rey performed on SNL, and people just made fun of it for some reason. I don't, Why? I don't. I don't. She I like think she she's good. Gonna die. <laughs> I remember that she looked. She. She like, like she looked like or? no, she looked like somebody like drugged her and put her in a van and dropped her off on the SNL stage, and they're like, "Now nah, you're gonna sing." She was like, <laughs> "Really?" It was, next, it was mortifying. Yeah. The, then the week after, Kristen Wiig came on Weekend Update as Lana Del Rey and said, "I know that I disrespected hallowed ground that has been performed on by such icons as Ashley Simpson, <laughs> <laughs> the Baja Men, <laughs> and Shaggy." <laughs> Just to just to point, just to make fun of the fact of like who gives a shit. Not only yeah, not only gives a shit, but like yeah, because God knows this stage has never seen <clears throat> a poor performance. A sure, right. <laughs> uh, and, and speaking of uh, reggae as well, uh, local sure. uh, reggae uh, musician George Wesley, uh, he's he's actually going to be receiving the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award this year at the uh, Steamtown Music Awards. Huh. Uh, he's been having uh, some health troubles recently, so uh, Mountain Sky in German is going to have a benefit for him on June twenty fifth and twenty sixth. So. Um, uh, if you, can, if you can make it out to that, uh, if you won't be out of the area, not you specifically, Mark, but just the, our, our listeners. <laughs> well, then let's not talk about it. Mark can't be there. <laughs> wow. And if you if you heard our last show and uh, about the, uh, the the cuts to uh, uh, Wilkes-Barre uh, arts programs, uh, the Game Chateau in Wilkes-Barre has a crowdfunding campaign that's going on now uh, that you can donate to. They're they're only raising a very minimal amount. I think it's a little over a grand uh, to put together uh, these free workshops that they're continuing to do uh, about poetry, screenwriting, all different kinds of, of uh, cool programs. Uh, they're free, obviously, to the public. So uh, you know they got to make up that money somewhere so if you can uh if you can donate to that uh it's a great way it's uh, you know it's they're all ages uh events uh they're doing some really cool stuff there uh so check that out if you can and uh so let's get to uh let's get to our topic at hand we have uh some all, Connor Connor here. all of the names mark hasn't dropped yes <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. I know. Man. I love you dearly. <laughs> Not as much as I love you. So, well, let's let's before we get into uh, the uh, you know new vintage ensemble and everything. How how did you guys uh, uh, get started in in acting and theater in general? Um, well, I, Connor was in the womb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Performing. Just, he was already performing sonnets. I toured the fetal circuit. I did. Pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> they had to put like a little microphone up against, and it's like. I don't know anything about theater, so keep going. <laughs> I don't want to. I'd, I'd rather not say anything than sound like an asshole. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. Um, good company. Yeah. No. Uh, personally, I was probably like eight or nine. I remember I took like acting classes when I was a little kid. Um, yeah, but how did you know you wanted to do that? Uh, it you was know a, what I mean? Was it was it a like, form like, of getting yeah, attention. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. It was okay. a form of get, I always, I mean, I, I always liked to write stories and I always liked to, you know, perform and be the center of attention. I mean, in all, in all reality. Used to? Well, I've, <laughs> I've turned it into a somewhat more respectable <laughs> outlet. Um, sort of. Um, my sister probably, uh, who many people might know in the region, Maggie O'Brien, uh, was like a you know a professional actress, summer stock when she was growing up uh, as a you know teenager, young woman, um, and she when I was like thirteen uh, dragged me to an audition with her and her daughter, my niece, who was very very little at the time. And it was really just it was a community theater production of Our Town, 
And it was more or less just a thing to do for all of us to do together. And she thought, oh, it'd be fun. Maybe they'll be in stage crew. And then I got the lead. <laughs> so you she, accidentally. Yeah. It was a community theater production of Our Town. It was actually directed by uh, Diva Theater's Paige Blitzky. It was my first ever real play besides like, you know. So Paige dis- discovered you. I think, I think the world <laughs> discovered me. <laughs> I think Paige was just fortunate enough to be the person to put her name on it. Uh, <laughs> I am joking, of course, Paige. Um, oh man! Wow. Yeah, that was and that was it. Then that was like a little community theater production, and then I did you know another and another and another. And people would be surprised that even on like a small local level, even just you know even non you know paid professional community theater, word does travel. So you know, and there's a and there's a you know a boy. My God. A protege. Well, there's a you know, a 13, 14 year old boy who can read lines and stand on a stage. Um, I remember I got a call into for a small paid role. My first ever offered paid role was for like ensemble member number five and fiddler on the roof. <laughs> Where? Warriors. In Swoyers? How much did they pay you? Uh I think it was like I think it was gonna be like two hundred bucks, but it was like 15 performances it was something oh, really? nuts and i was like 14 my father like my father looked at the rehearsal schedule in the audition it was like oh that's great no oh you didn't even do it no 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 also i mean like i connor o'brien didn't exactly market fiddler on the roof and in introducing it in, in introducing <laughs> introducing the connor first Ride. paid performance that was connor. my first that was my first offered paid performance it wasn't my first actual paid gig what was your first? I don't know. Do you want to talk to someone? <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you my first paid, and then we'll then we'll go back to Simone and get her recap update. Um, that's a good question. What was my first paid performance gig? Probably like a commercial. Probably like some you know you know BS radio ad. You know. You don't remember what your first? No, I really don't. Um performance oh yeah i do yeah um i was a clown i remember the first paycheck i ever got as an actor i was a clown i was 17 years old uh i got a one night gig well it should have been more than one night at the coliseum nightclub (laughs) oh my god (laughs) if anybody remembers that on adams avenue i got i I got offered a gig it was like 50 bucks come and be like a french new wave clown all i did was just run, all i did was run around i yeah, just I ran around that's called a mime i just ran around scaring white girls all night just really terrified white girls and nothing's changed and <laughs> <laughs> it's how i spend it's not how i spend my saturday nights anymore that's how i spend my thursday nights um <laughs> no and i just i had like my eyelashes like further extended out and just like bros just like shoving my eyelashes back into my eyes and I had to like pull them out. I had to burn the clothes I wore that night because they were just smoke infused. I ran into a teacher. Like a former? No, current. current. Oh, no I was a senior in high school. Yeah, current. And like I I wasn't legally supposed to be there, I think. I think I was too young at the time. Or no, no, maybe I was 18. I don't remember. But it was, yeah, like you're supposed to be at least 18. Um... Yeah, and then I, I I left early, and they only paid me like twenty five bucks because I only did half the night, and I went home, and then like I was on my back, like closed in, no one can see me porch, and like I stripped down to my undershirt and underwear, threw the clothes in a garden <laughs> bag, and went to bed. And I didn't. Uh, this probably is my, if my parents happened to ever listen to this, I don't care. I tell them now, but I never told them what I was doing then. Oh, so they don't know that you were the that cl- I was that, that, that they're number one clown at that the Coliseum <laughs> on a Friday. 
God, I wish I was number one. <laughs> <laughs> was there other clowns? Yeah. I, I'm oh. sorry. Sorry. I'm gonna give I'm gonna drop a bomb now. Teresa O'Connor and I got yes. the gig together. Did you really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. She, she actually was better at it. And she had like no performance experience. Well, not much performance experience by that time, but she was way better at it because she could drink. <laughs> <laughs> And she was, you know, obviously way more attractive, you know, and so guys were, you know, just lining up shots and she's, I'm just a clown. <laughs> I have method behind me. <laughs> so that is my first. So for everyone who just wants to know how, how do you, how do you get to this? How do you get to this? Simone, how do you get to this? To, to that or? No, just you. Because um, I think, I think, I think his version of this is. Oh, I'm not. The individual's have, version of this. Yeah. I'm not going to have much after that clown story. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I I just like attention. I guess I don't know. I just, Is that what it? I just no, no. I don't know. I just I'm 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 prone to flights of of fancy. Like I just always. What just, was your first well, flight? I don't know. Probably just walking around the Globe store, just like Dorothy. Like I I just, I just I would not. I I have only ever worn costumes like every day. Like today I'm dressed like something. I don't really know what it is, but like I just like always need to be so, like I just. I played a lot of Barbies in my day mm-hmm. for like way longer than people should play bar- like way Wait, like, like to the play point- with Barbies. Yeah. Or- like I just loved Barbies. Like I loved them. They're my favorite thing. Like it got to the point where like me and my cousins got too old to play Barbies. So we were like, let's go upstairs and like do our taxes. Like we codenamed Barbies what? doing taxes. Yeah. Oh, so you start. Oh yeah. I just like, like making up stories and like living it out because I just, I just reality, reality just repulses me. I just <laughs> have <like> no interest. <laughs> Is that why you went to film school? And yeah. Yeah, it's exactly because I wanted to play Barbies professionally. So I went to film school. I wanted to be like the god of a world where I make like the rules and the language and dress everybody and tell them where to stand and how to say what they're like. So, guys, basically, we just really like The Sims. Yeah, no, it's it's like humans. So I don't know. I guess it's just a way to just continue to make up stories and live in stories. Yeah, but how young... Um, I mean, was it always as far back as I you mean, I took, remember? I used to take dance when I was a little kid. Like I started taking dance when I was two. Cause I was like, if I don't get on a stage soon, I'm going to die. So like, and you were two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just needed to do that. I was a clown. Actually, I was a clown. My first, uh, my first, and it was, I, I took it like at this one school and they gave us uh, basically bras to wear. Like we had at like a little, yeah, it was weird. My mom like pulled me out of there immediately. And I went over to the ballet theater of Scranton right after that, where the next year they dressed us up like dolls. And she's like, this is better. This is much better. But like the first one, there was like a little tummy shirt and like a mini skirt and little pink gloves. It was, it was That's weird. It was very JonBenet. It was really weird. Um, you do know your career could be 10 times farther by now if you stuck with I know that. if I had just stuck to the slutty cat clown baby <laughs> it would have been I'd have been doing a lot better note to self new idea for a series Instagram my new Instagram account slutty clown baby <laughs> actually that would do soup everyone's got a thing that would be great yeah Good it's hashtag. about finding a niche yeah I found it um yeah so just like that I just <laughs> I have arrived. <laughs> I'm home now. This is it. And on your and in, in your obituary. <laughs> Ramon Dan, beloved uh, daughter. Slutty clown Barmaid, baby. Cl- slutty clown baby Instagram sensation. I think it would be fucking awesome. It would be fucking awesome. <laughs> Hashtag slutty clown baby. Make it happen. It already is. It already is. Should I, should I, I'll do it right now. You can do it? Do it? Yeah, Will you? Ha- oh my God. Yeah, oh. keep going. Okay. You're going to be um, trending. I know. 
in three people's accounts. That's all right. That's enough. Oh, thanks, Connor. Uh, two people more than just myself. So wins. Um, Do you mind if I tag you slutty clown baby? No, absolutely not. Are you sure? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be like disrespectful no, or my rude God, or no. anything. No, I no, I invented you can, it. You can post like she told me to, to, to do this. Yeah. Give no, it, you don't even have to do that. Just do it. I'll I'll pluralize it. She's once leaning, I figure, she's once leaning I figure in. out how to retweet something, I'll I'll retweet it. <laughs> Uh, I don't get tried. the internet. You guys keep going. Okay, so then, yeah, I just I don't know. I guess it's like just a drug. It's just a really good high, just being on stage and performing. And then, like once I tasted it, I was like, I'm not going anywhere. And then I just kept doing it. And then I went to film school and I kind of backed out of like the the front of house aspect of it. I just mostly did like production and all that for a couple of years. And then after college, and then I moved home. And then one winter and, day, yeah, and I had nothing to do ever and I made friends with a couple girls at the Scranton Times and they were like let's do the vagina monologues and I was like sounds great so we went to the vintage and I met Connor and then like I spent five minutes there and I was like I'm gonna be around a lot she I'm not even lying like the first words one of the first words out of her mouth were like I'm gonna be here all the time and really? I, uh, yeah, yeah, and I what? She's like, single white female. To the I did. That's what I told them. I was like, I'm going to single white female, you guys. I'm not going anywhere. And they're like, ha ha, okay. And then like after a couple weeks of me just always being around, Connor's like, Connor and Teresa look at me like they had talked about it. And they're like, so do you have any other friends? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, I got lots. I got lots of friends. I got friends. And like, I, so it did, I didn't come around any less. Like, I had nothing <laughs> to prove. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. And then I just, we just started doing stuff there. And he was like, from the Vagina Monologues, he's like, do you want to audition for Pride and Prejudice? I'm like, yup. He's like, we have an improv group. I'm like, sounds great. So then I just. And then so. it was from Pride and Prejudice where the ensemble was born. Good segue. Yeah. You're right yeah, on top so. of that. I was so so the uh, the new vintage ensemble obviously takes part of its name from the vintage theater. I would mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah, when we were um, the vintage, which was a venue in downtown Scranton from 2009 till fall of 2014, the ensemble was the resident theater ensemble of the vintage when it formed uh, during and kind of as a result of and during the, our 2013 production of Pride and Prejudice, um, which Simone and I were both fortunate enough to be in. Um, so it was always, it was always its own little entity. It was just sort of like a resident and, you know, would help out the vintage now and then and did a lot of its programming there. But when it was time to close, it was definitely like, no, we're not stopping this. And so the the whole phrase new vintage ensemble sort of not only on its own right sounded cool, but it was, I, I personally really appreciated and thought it was very kind that the branding and the identity was chosen to still retain the, you know, the brand, the grandfather of its origin sort of i don't know that meant a lot to me yeah we took a vote yeah yeah i mean yeah it wasn't just like there was Was unanimous or was it pretty much yeah pretty much yeah there was there was never like a i'll say right now the voting was between and i couldn't even remember if i tried right now other variations there was never a debate on including vintage in the name that vote happened earlier on and it was like yeah no for sure and then the other options were like cool vintage acting or i don't know there was like like there was yeah sure (laughs) Some I don't know whatever yeah. whatever that's yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so what what kind of uh, productions have you done since uh, 2014? Then <sighs> a lot of a lot of gypsy shit, you know, like yeah. um, just going around fortune bars and yeah yeah fortune telling. <laughs> um, little little well besides Hamlet, which was kind of actually our our, our biggest first main, main stage. stage since Pride and Prejudice, like of that size. Um, oh, I saw you, you at know, the we Cultural l- Center one of those nights. Remember. 
Yeah. 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 We were because we were going to our scene and you were like filming something and we were like, Mark. And I'm Mark. like, hey, like, what are you because, doing? Yeah. And they're like acting. And then they walked like <laughs> Hamlet. The door. Hamlet. Yeah. We did a we did a production of Hamlet at the Cultural Some Center light back in January. Yeah, you know, just a little bit. Of- Still, the best one of the best pictures of you I've ever seen is that poster. Oh my god, those pictures! We, we, we talked about that quite a bit, I think, on that podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm <we>? aware. <laughs> I'm aware. Oh, they, that was they, great. They said some wonderful things about you. So, so now is your chance. You can fire right back, and they they can't defend Please themselves don't now. This Wait, who is <laughs> they're lovely people <laughs> that's very respectful oh, that's right Connor. we did talk about you oh um, my casey God, thomas so if you ever talk about my eyebrows again i will kill you <laughs> and that was the thing casey went on for like 20 minutes all of these like really accurate funny <laughs> we're like i'm like listening to it with my brother and we're like that's so true he barely funny. talked about no, the show no who cares but then mark you called it out too the phone battery thing oh uh, phone, how his phones never have back no, and I was no like, back I thought I'm the only one who cares about this. But the one thing Connor got upset about was his eyebrows. I everything. I didn't talk about your eyebrows because everything else was I didn't true that, and accurate, and I can't discredit any of it. The eyebrows. You just don't. You don't. You don't talk about another actor's eyebrows. Yeah. What's wrong you, with your eyebrows? I don't know. They just. I'm. Super, I forget what was his criticism. I don't remember. He had a during the photo shoot. He had to fill them in because I'm super pale. That was it. That I he have, had to fill in your eyebrows. That's what you got upset about. Like you wouldn't have gotten all mutually upset. No, about. I wouldn't. Right, I, I got have huge I got, eyebrows. Got, you can make fun of my eyebrows anytime you want. I got really upset about it. <laughs> Can't they just accept your eyebrows for your eyebrows? Because it was just his way of, it was his, no, because it was him saying I had to fill in his eyebrows. Like, you're taking ownership of my aesthetic appeal. Wait, did he actually, like, did he actually, like, use a pencil or was that Photoshop? No, no, he legitimately did have to pencil. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing he said was untrue. I just don't like that he talked about it. I mean, did you agree with him at the moment? When it was oh happening? my god! No, no, no! Yeah, no! It's 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 a photo shoot. It's was a, he like Connor? We gotta do something about the eyebrows. Okay, first like, of all, yeah, go for I'm, it. I'm pale as a ghost. You had to add like you are Caucasian. You had to yeah. add. You could literally like in certain parts of my body see organs. You yeah, had to like add powder yeah. to like even tone me out because I also you know when it's my skin dries on my cheeks, so they had to even tone me out, fill in my eyebrows. Yeah, and it's Photoshop. Yeah, I don't look like that on a daily basis. Shocker! You look like a badass in that photo. Yeah, I do, do really though. Good for you. <laughs> Look like Tom Hardy and Mad Max. Like in Ooh. 35 years, we're going to like walk into Connor's like weird big house with like two pieces of furniture and just like and a that giant po- that photo of Hamlet. <laughs> and he'll like stand in front of it. Welcome to my home. And it'll like make the face in front of it. And it's floor to ceiling. It's not yeah. like a fireplace oh, no, yeah, it's thing. Big. It's, yeah. it's big. It's like in Clueless, the picture of the mom. Yes. Yeah. If there's yeah. any way for that picture to age and me stay the same, I will make it happen. Like as well. Dorian Gray? Dorian Gray. You are Dorian Gray. <laughs> that's, that's actually so that's actually a part you. I would love to play someday too. It'll Dorian happen. Gray? Yeah. Oh my god. Do you god. watch Penny Dreadful? No. Dorian Gray is on. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's on Showtime. No, I, I love the picture of Dorian Gray. I I don't like much of Oscar Wilde besides that, but he's a character on all right, whatever. Okay. God oh my God. I said yes. I was like, okay, cool. I'll show it to you someday. So this sh- this show that you have coming up is very <laughs> different from what you've, uh, yes. you've done mm-hmm. before. Yeah, no, we've done... Sci-fi? Um, it's not... Well, ooh, there's a, it, there's a little sci-fi and it's so... It's, the, it's, a, it's an original sketch show by the new Vintage Ensemble, which just to once again clarify, because if we don't give this spiel, we'll, we, no one will talk to us. Spiel again. it. Spiel it. We we are a professional collection of actors and writers and directors across North. We're primarily based in Northeastern Pennsylvania, and we really believe we are an ensemble. So usually our work is entirely created or majority created within our own ensemble members. We have like 14, 15 members. 
um, various talents and ages. Um, what's really exciting about this, The Trouble with Sketch Shows, which is an entirely original show. And we're not, it's, it's not that we're new to original material. We've, we've done like original one acts or original plays, um, including ones that Simone and I have respectively created. But this is like the first sketch base. It's like very SNL stylized. But and it own. sounds like it's a play on something else. I don't know you what you're talking about, Mark. Yeah, sure. I'm just, yeah. Rich, did yeah. you get that impression? The trouble with sketch shows? Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see where you it's get that. It's totally a reference to the trouble with Callie. We're not going <laughs> to... Yeah. We just wanted something that was really quintessentially Scranton. And that would There's be... nothing more quintessentially Scranton. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we, it, it, right off the bat, you know this is going to poke some fun, and this is going to... Uh, do you? But, uh, sort of, yeah. Yeah, it's honest to God, though, it's not the focal point of the show. Like, I don't want anyone thinking they're coming to see like the same old material, you know, making fun of Paul Servino or the trouble with Cali. But it, 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 it pokes a little fun. And it's just it, it is a very Scranton show. Yeah, it's a very Scranton show. What does that mean? We'll come you find out. Come find out on June 24th and 25th at the Scranton Cultural Center. That's that, that's like a blind date without having any information. Um, You don't look like Janet Jackson. <laughs> Okay, Do I will you? say. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> who's the villain here then? Um, <laughs> no, uh, without revealing too much, uh, there's like our take on the guest who's coming to dinner. You know, mm. theme motif. There's that. Is that what City Poitier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then it was terribly remade with Bernie Mac and Bernie Mac. Oh, sorry. I mean, man, man was funny. That was, was so n- not his best day. Uh-huh. Um, Gotta get paid. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm one to talk. Um, <laughs> no, Col- but Coliseum clown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least his was paid well, um, <laughs> and you know has national, you know, international appeal. Um, it's just really Scranton. We make fun of a lot of Scranton institutions. <clears throat> it's very we, we institutions, organizations. Yeah. Themes. Uh, I, I'm not going to pretend like we don't make some tried and true Scranton jokes, but I'm pretty I'm pretty proud and confident in saying that I think they're done in a very different way. Where and, and who wrote? I mean, it was sketch a, shows are written. Yeah, it was a. Yeah, it's not an improv thing. No, no. no. Okay, this was, this was this was written by uh, myself, Simone, uh, Tim McDermott, Sarah Regan, Matt Cerniak, and with assistance from Kathleen Barrett, who is also our wonderful stage manager. I mean, do you guys get together in a room or does mm-hmm. everybody individually yeah. send out yeah. stuff or how does that work? Uh, we had a pretty- little both. Yeah, we had like a writer's room. Um, we all got together uh, a couple weeks, like every night for a couple weeks. and Every just, night for a couple weeks. Well, like two weeks. Um, two to three. I think yeah. it was like two to three nights for like over like two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like worked independently. So we would like, we got together and we pitched stuff that we had already had or then we like riffed off each other and uh, you know in the first couple of days we we figured out stuff that we might want to do or try to do and and then everyone went home and took a stab at writing them at work while we didn't do our jobs or whatever and and then we came back and like we would workshop them together and then you know give notes I mean do you guys do you guys like play them out and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah and is there I mean how does it is there is does any anybody ever come up with an idea and you're like oh my god that's awesome yes. oh yeah and then yeah. if somebody comes up with another idea and you're like that's shit we're not doing that yeah yeah my big sketch got cut I didn't like it <laughs> your you big did, sketch you didn't, didn't like get it. cut it got taped it got yeah, it was not good it's and that was also you took on a sketch no, that like it. no one else was yeah. gonna do no yeah we're not gonna talk but about like, it, though because no well I mean I, I watched that documentary on SNL and like. The night before is when they figure out. We are what's gonna have. Going. We do There's have. Gonna be some. There are gonna be some week of material that we're inserting as well mm. to be really topical. Just keep it timely. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but there's like there was stuff where like some things would be like a, a joke in another sketch that we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, oh my God, that joke is so much funnier than the sketch. Let's just do that as a sketch. And like right. little things that There'd we be like heard. a character that came out of a not so great concept and like written sketch, but was just so funny that we inserted them somewhere else. I mean, which just goes to show it's like not uh, all ideas are bad ideas. You could you could repurpose them for other things. There was nothing that anybody brought to the table that didn't have some kind of value, value or one potential of, in it. Yeah, one of my favorite things that we do have in it is um, like after our first like night or so, we went home and we just like as like a writing exercise for everybody, we had to go home and write monologues. Like everyone wrote one monologue. It did there was no like res- like strain on how long it is, whatever. And it was just supposed to be just kind of get like your brains moving a little bit. Right. And I think all the monologues are now in the show. Like from that little, first night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. went home and wrote a monologue and they then the next day we read them and we're like, these are really funny. Let's just have people do these, these comedic monologues in the show and just kind of, we kind of wanted to play with the genre of sketch shows because mm-hmm. we could do the same thing over, but we could just do SNL, but we're not SNL. And SNL's major, SNL. It's an institution. Are like, it's funny. Well, they're, they're also not the people that invented sketch shows. No. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And our mission statement at its core is we reinvent the familiar. And that comes up in different ways. That's reinventing the familiar at every level of a production or, you know, artistic process. So we thought, like, the, one of the first things that we did as a group when we sat down in the writing room, we literally just said, okay, what are some themes and topics we want to touch on? And then what are some things that we do not want to do? Like, what are some, like, cliches or or elements that we don't like about this genre or what we often see or what we don't see enough of um, what was one of those that you, that you don't want to do or that you don't see enough not of? every scene needs to have a button i remember that being very specific in the sense that like not every scene needs the at the end to wrap it all together and that sounds really counter in counterproductive don't sell past the sale kind of like yes, the yeah. way like snl can end a sketch and that's like the thing everybody says and it's, it's if you get a big laugh and that's it end it end it like that's it it could don't be 30 seconds and, long yeah we also have the luxury of we're not answering yeah you know, we're not doing corporate it, sponsors yeah. we don't have to we're in a basement <laughs> we don't have to fill you know yeah. You know. Seven Up wants you to talk yeah. about their product. We're more. Our own we, Seven Up wants us to talk about their product. We told sure. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we say we're not, we, we haven't gone corporate. It's not for a lack of trying. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I grew up on, uh, on Monty Python versus mm-hmm. SNL. And, you know, I, I definitely, I, I, I always felt that way too. You know, it, it just kind of became a, a common criticism that SNL really couldn't end a sketch. Mm-hmm. Monty Python would either find a way to really wrap it up well, or, you know, they had uh, the animations in between, or they had something that led into the other sketch, or the sketches would bleed into each other, that it just worked so much more organically. I mean, mm-hmm. not every, you know, I mean, maybe towards the end of the show, if you want to be fair, you know, that the, it got a little yeah. weaker and it wasn't, the writing maybe wasn't as good as it was in the beginning but uh you know overall i think they also knew when to end it as mm-hmm. well you know like like there's entire seasons of snl where you're like what, what were they what thinking for this entire year yeah. worth of stuff <laughs> yeah, um, no actually i think when they were on drugs they were really good yeah. you yeah. know like like the 70s especially you know that that that's that's when snl was really freaking funny like now it's like it, it's too t- to me it's too clean it's too uh, l- like you said, well, familiar. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's so much like uh, if if I see a sketch now, 
uh, and they're talking about a specific topic. I can already guess the jokes before I even hit play and watch mm-hmm. the video. Well, some know? of their best material, I think, lately, which maybe is just a sign that their format needs to change, are their digital sketches. Yeah, like yes, that 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 that, that so. sort of Dead Poet Society parody that Fred Armisen just did not too long that ago. Was amazing. That was amazing. And it's and honestly, it's because they're doing those sketches do things and they present them visually and you know you can control it a little better than you can in a live sketch. And trust me, I'm yep. I much prefer live. I much prefer a more theatrical base but maybe that well maybe for them right now that well has kind of gone dry and you know i think comedy is is tough to write too because you might you sit in a room and 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 write something down at the god this is hilarious and then you read it out loud to people and they're like no that's oh "Oh, that's not funny you know like so kind of (laughs) and you and you know a stand-up is is much the same way and you know you write a bunch of material and you go and test it out and you see what works with the audience and what doesn't and stuff like that so how are you able to uh you know write some of these jokes that you know are 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 gonna hit in in terms of uh you know what the audience is is gonna see uh at the end well we definitely we did um we did like an internal table read Mm -hmm. before auditions we like invited ensemble members to come and like test out the scenes and go through them and read them and see what worked what didn't and just do like a punch up of stuff that you know maybe did and surprisingly it, it did and i think the writer's room environment really helped with that sure because like the stuff we came up with at home was like fine. But when you're in a room with other people that you really deeply respect as being really, really funny and they think it's funny or they find a better way to make it funny, you kind of have this like really safe open mic environment, which we all have very different, very different styles. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were saying, Monty Python, like Tim McDermott is Mr. Monty Python. Like all of his sketches are very, very much in that style, very much that sense of humor. Like Sarah Regan is has like this really like heartfelt, real sense of humor. Like where it's like, oh my God, that's so real. That's so embarrassing. And just like everyone just has this really weird, different vibe. Matt Cerniak is absolutely oh insane. And it's seems almost like nonsense. And then he'll say something that stabs you in the gut. Like it's just stabs you in the gut funny and you're and then just there's like us. you're a freak. And then we just show up. And then we just show up. I'm only here <laughs> for the food. <laughs> Ever After Wait, reference what? for the win. It's Ever After. Line. It's from the line, it's a line from Ever After, the greatest film ever made. <laughs> the b- fairy the tale Drew- movie? The Drew Barrymore classic. Yeah. I don't know if it's a classic. Uh, oh. <laughs> who asked you? Nobody. But what about the candlesticks and, and the, the tapestries? <laughs> Her accent is going from like RSC to like so it's it's it's, it's good in a bad way. Oh, yeah. oh, it's so good. It's the best. It actually has some actual good moments though too. Angelica mm-hmm. Houston's awesome. Yeah. And anything. Anyway, side note. I management. Um, I have been thinking about though because Simone and I separately write. We've written together a lot, you know, uh, including a show that NEPA scene was actually very kind enough to help thank us get you. some exposure. Which yes, thank you again for that. The Darling Core. Um, and I've thought about it. What I went to that. Yes, you, yes did, you did, Mark. Mark. Okay. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> we Connor remember. told me because Connor told me to. <laughs> Gotta go to Mark, this one. Mark likes a gold star. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, li- he likes to jump in and every once in a while just to, to just Connor. Connor has, on more than one occasion, said that I, as long as he says that I have to go, I'll go. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, there's. I mean, if I, he came to everything I tried to get him to come to, he wouldn't have any hours in the day. Yeah. So, but there's certain things that I are can't like, live your life too, Connor. No, I know. <laughs> you technically, though, Hamlet was the first that was like the 
Please, 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 please. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't remember you, please, please, please. Well, please. he was in the building. He was in the building. Yeah. I'm messing with you. Oh, buddy. I feel awful. No, who cares? You had, you got to get your job done. Um, right, I guess I don't feel that bad. Then. No, it's, you know, you're fine. <laughs> oh, look at that. He's already over it. <laughs> when you look at that, the, 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 the river went quickly. Um, I think it's because, I, I think that Simone and I, and I don't know if you feel about this, when we write together, because a lot of the, a lot of my scenes it's not that I, everyone's input was so brilliantly, but it, it resonates, resonated the most with me at times is because I think we have the, a very similar humor and we have a very similar approach to writing and characters and stories. Um, I think Simone is so much more gifted and I'm bitter at all the time, Ugh. bitter about it constantly. I think she's far more gifted at dialogue between people. Like, like she gets people on such a weird, sad level. <laughs> No, just just even something as like simple as like we'll be watching a TV show, like a random TV show, and I'll be like, "Oh, wouldn't it be so great if she said?" And I usually go the more saccharine. I want that epic like bookend, and she'll be like, "No, she wouldn't say that. She's gonna say something more about blah 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 blah." And then like, like she totally knew what Peggy Olson was about to say. Like she totally knew the direction it was gonna go in because she just gets character so well. And I where Thank I you. where I think you're welcome. And I think to balance that out, not at the same degree, which she's far better at, but. I think I'm a little, I tend to lean more towards the introspective. Like I like monologues are my strong suit when writing. Like I, I know, mm-hmm. which is, I know it's, I don't know if that says about people, you know, other people better. And I think I know. Well, do you think, myself. do you think all those years of barbying? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah no, I spent my whole life making up dialogue. Like that's what I, you know, that's I I spend a lot of time Barbies. Alone. Everything Does comes Mr. Back Francis want tea? No, I don't want tea. I want you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That however, was my sexual awakening. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, however, don't insult her. To this sure day, like, I'm like, let's lot. kiss and I'll like stick my arms out straight. Do you, like, you don't have, you don't have elbows. It, no. <laughs> None that are in, she's in your she's to adapt without them. No, I don't care. Wait, didn't Barbie have those legs that like snapped and it seemed like well, flesh on them? Y- yeah. Ooh. I mean, like, I didn't. pose them and it was like that. They were always like the 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 bendy Barbies were always yeah, yeah, like yeah. my lead characters because you could do more with them. The the stiff ones were always like supporting roles like mothers <laughs> or like mistress, not really mistresses, but because they didn't really they weren't as bendy. But um, <laughs> yeah, I preferred if there was like a hot new ballet Barbie on the market, like you better believe I was going to have that Barbie real quick because they had flexible joints. I love hearing your casting process. <laughs> <laughs> The stiff ones are in the background. They were, they were yeah. extras. I don't God need help, any God of you. They were brunettes and had one thing in common with the way that I looked. Because then, game over. <laughs> game over. Connor's losing his shit right now. It's so good. It's, you can come play with me sometime. I know, like anytime. They're still I'm, probably. You just successful. laughed and looked up at the sky because <laughs> it was so good. It's I've ma- never. That seen was mana. That was mana. How do you not think that's the funniest thing you've ever heard? I'm sorry. I just, just, it's because I totally lost track of what she was saying and started focusing on your reaction. It's because of that, though. Because I, when, if I was to write what she just said naturally, I would try to like connect it back to like a deeper meaning. And then thereby, I probably dilute it and make it a little verbose and pointless. And that was just the most honest, real, funniest shit I've ever heard. (laughs) Thanks, Connor. You're welcome. Making me look good. <laughs> For once. Are you, it's, it's, it's real this quiet. It's the, the weirdest <laughs> moment we've <laughs> ever had. Thank you. In 60 episodes. We don't <laughs> ever. 
What do we do? I don't know. I think I was subtly waiting for her to return compliments, but that makes sense. <laughs> Hang on. <clears throat> so no, 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 no. no. Um, I think I, I think we all were. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god, am I the asshole? Yeah. <laughs> I think we were all waiting for no, you to say, Connor, like, oh, Connor, you're awesome, no, too. Connor, Connor knows. She doesn't have to. Connor knows how obsessed I am with him and everything that he, like, he's the funniest person I've ever met my whole entire life. Like, he's the funny, he's the funniest person I've ever met my whole entire life. And you say That's, that without any reservation. Without any reservation. Like, I, I just, like, sometimes, like, really sometimes the things that he says, you've ever met. Like, I, like, I get but so mad at you person? sometimes because you're so funny. Like, it makes me. Really angry. Yeah, but you're the, okay. So she, you think there's just as things a person. That, what do yeah. I think of him as a person? <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. That's your Facebook me status. Well. No, it's like it's so unfortunate. Like it makes me really sad because, like, I think Connor's my soulmate. Like we've discussed this. Like where we had like really high expectations, and then this is for the best our we're soulmates. Get. And like he, I think he's my soulmate. It's I'm disturbing. So sorry. I'm, so I'm so sorry. sorry for you. I know. I know. I've never met two people who cared so much about each other and hated the fact that, or no, like, no, regretted so the fact. I don't regret. Yeah. It's not like I regret. No, I, you I, both, I, like, but you both at the same time were like, "I'm so sorry." No, I'm so sorry. We have this great connection. I, well, because it's it's not even about I want to be better for you. I just I I'm I wish I was a different person. No, me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> like, like I'm not gonna change. No, it's. No. <sighs> and are you? What? Gonna change. No. No. <laughs> this is it. I don't want her to either. This, no, I don't want him to change. I mean, there's some so, things like, I you would could change, change a couple of things. Yeah, That's like, fine. Yeah. There's some yeah. stuff. Yeah. Kind but of can be hypocritical. You guys are like fawning in a weird way. <laughs> no, I know. About well, I mean, each you other. saw, well, like, you both saw the Darling Court. It's honest to God, like a really just dark, it's just exaggerated. Like a, we just have a passionate disdain for each other. Like everything he does, like I just want to like fucking kill him. But like, I but would of, just but out of be. Like, like lost without him at the, the beginning it's of this interview really she twisted. was like wiggling her foot a little bit and like it was bothering the hell out of me everything so is this one of those like i hate to love you things? yes yeah uh, that's even that's even what you we haven't I, reached i love to hate you and i hate to love you there's moments yeah. that i can't stand you i don't think yeah. we've ever reached hate on the way back from pittsburgh well, isn't that, oh, the, def that, was hate. Isn't that the definition of, can't, hate. of hate is can't stand you no, I mean no. I mean no, no, no. I take that back though. We went the ride home from Pittsburgh together. I wanted to. I kill wanted to you. kill him. Is that wait? So. But didn't you guys go to the Fringe Festival in Pittsburgh? Yeah, that was like, yeah. It was yeah. such a successful run. It went so well. But, but why? The, why did the ride home? It's five hours know. of nothingness. I don't know. And in like a straight line. We were both. Yeah. We were both having like a hardcore like. Just don't done. like he would like breathe up. Like, do you have to fucking breathe? <laughs> Are you oh, like, seriously really? breathing in the car? We right had now? just spent like a I, like, month together it, it was just getting too much ready time. for this, and, like, and yeah. like honestly, every time we did that show, like it would just like bleed into our real lives, and we were just like, "Don't." So, how talk. much downtime did you need after that run to to get back to normal? <laughs> I mean, I'd like to say we like took a couple days to ourselves, was probably, but like I was probably like we were probably together like the next day. So you're like, get, get out of my something. fucking car. I'll see you. Yeah. No, yeah, like yeah. actually, yeah. no, dead serious. You dropped me off her house. I don't think we said goodbye. It was like bye. It was just like yeah, just get out. I we, we 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 the other night we were joking around and it occurred to us because her brother who's become a very good friend of mine as well to her disdain. Um, <laughs> I hate it. She's also like best friends with my sister. In some yeah. ways, I found out they hang out with like they don't tell me. Yeah, we hang out with them <laughs> all the time, all the time. Like but we went to like Coopers that. and you got so mad. I wasn't even in like the state and I got upset. That what they mean you with my sister? Like well, that. no, no. Just, what do you have to talk about if I'm not there? Because we all <laughs> stop. The world stops when Connor's not around. 
I'm incredibly self-centered narcissistic, and this podcast is just fascinating listening material, I'm sure. Casey's going to love it. The one thing I will say, he really will. The one thing I will say, though, we were I was talking with Joey the other night, and he referenced something. He's like, because they you know, they were born and raised in Westside, and I was born and raised in the Hill section. So Reston's like a, like a very neighborhood. Anyone in our age range should know if you were raised in the Westside. Like, yeah, you know, blah, 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 blah. I can't remember what it was. And I explained, Joey, I don't know what that was. How do you know what that was? Don't you remember? And he kept citing all of these, like, milestones in their lives. And I'm like, I've known you for just about three years. I've known your sister for just about three years. Yeah, but was he doing you. like, you know, when I like lost my tooth on the yeah, playground? Yeah. Much, yeah, Like very common knowledge things that like anyone else that has in their circle to the degree that I am, anyone else who's gotten as comfortable as I have should know. Anyone and who comes to our Thanksgiving every year would know. Pretty much. Do you go to their Thanksgiving? Yeah, he comes to Thanksgiving with yeah. my family. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. No, this is... I'm not exaggerating. Like we're just <laughs> straight up together. She like now. honest to God is so thrilled now that she's officially like Pokemon cards collected the respect of every member. Of I've my gotten every family. member of his family. As his a dad was card? the last one, but I got his dad. I got in his car today. He's like, "Hey, kid!" I'm like, "Yes." What does that mean? My dad dropped us off here, by the way. Yeah, so he's <laughs> Aren't you an adult? <laughs> we both are. I'm young. Yeah, Connor, what does Pokemon, what does Pokemon have to do with with nothing? No, they're just that I collect his does family she members. Like, she was collecting his family members like yeah. Pokemon cards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta be tight with every single one. Really? Mm-hmm. She got she got Barb. She got Barbara. She got mm-hmm. Andy. Mm-hmm. She already had Maggie. She had mm-hmm. me. She had Maggie's daughter Anna. And now she has Casey. Yeah, I'm just also giving out every member of my family's name. <laughs> Here's where they live. <laughs> Here's the window they leave unlocked. <laughs> the four last digits of their social and a list of fears. <laughs> talking a lot about ourselves there's got to be something there's gonna be else something going else on the world. Oh, i'm man. sorry guys well I, I know you i know you wanted to mention uh the the scranton cultural center and i know you wanted to mention oh, uh the cooperage as well yeah, yeah so just that. to give yeah so we're really excited we are a resident of the scranton cultural center we began that partnership with hamlet back in january and we're continuing it uh this june 24th and 25th uh, for the trouble with sketch shows, but we've also been offered a, 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 a partnership with the Cooperage in Honesdale, which is a phenomenal organization, um, an institution. Uh, thanks to a grant, we are producing two uh, productions there, offered on a donation basis, as is all their programming. Uh, the first one will go up the second weekend in July, and that's being directed by our very own Kimmy Leff, uh, and it is A.R. Gurney's The Fourth Wall. And then in the fall, uh, our ensemble member, Jessica McDonough, will be directing the complete works of William Shakespeare, Abridged, which I can't remember the three playwrights who create that. It's the same people that have created um, the Abridged series. They've done the Bible Abridged, American History Abridged. Um, it's just it's really funny. Like the entire first <coughs> act is every play of Shakespeare except for Hamlet. And then the second half is like a condensed version of Hamlet. But it's super comedic. You don't have to know Shakespeare to get it. Um but yeah, The Fourth Wall by A.R. Gurney, and that features our ensemble members, Maggie O'Brien, Sarah Regan, and Tim McDermott, and a guest artist, Sam Falbo. Um, but that goes up in July. Yeah. And, and before then, like I said, we obviously have the sketch show coming up in June. We're really excited about all those partnerships because um, we were homeless for so long. <laughs> um, but no, but really excited. I think people have taken to our approach. I think, uh, you know, the fact that we, you know, as best we can compensate our performers and our, our tech people, I will say, which is, this is two elements that are really cool. One, um, our June performance uh, at this is a benefit performance of, for the 
sketch for the ensemble slash the cultural center. It's just a way for us to raise a little bit of funds to support our seasons. Um, but also it is majority guest artists. Yeah. There's only, I'm, I'm directing it. And then there's of course the writers and some of them weren't even, and Matt, for example, was a guest writer. He's not a member of the ensemble and majority of the cast of like 14 majority are guest artists. And there are, you know, people that have never performed, but are like stand up comedians or people that are incredibly professional and worked in films for years and are now joining us. So we're really, really excited. Um, and we're also really excited because our venue at the Cultural Center, when uh, anyone who came to see uh, Hamlet was in the large fourth floor Shoplin Hall Theater, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous space. Um, but we're actually producing this in the Junior Ballroom, which is in the lower level. If you're looking at the Cultural Center building, it literally has its own door all the way to the left. Once upon a time, it housed the Chris Barnes Comedy Dojo, which is actually where I first studied improv when I was like 14. Um Full circle, Connor. Full circle. Oh, just Joni Mitchell's playing off in the distance somewhere. <laughs> um, as she is always in my head. Um, what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Mark. I'm doing a bit. Um, but the we're transforming that space. It's a great space. They do their summer theater workshop in there. But we're kind of converting it into a black box. So we're really excited. So the capacity will probably be about, I'm going to say about 60 to 70 tickets. Um, tickets are only $10. You can purchase them at the door, but we really recommend reserving them in advance through our website, newvintageensemble.com, um, due to the limited capacity and the fact there's only three performances of the sketch show. We really love the idea. We did. We used to do late night performances at the Vintage. Um, so the, the performance dates and times, just real quick, are Friday, June 24th at 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. And then Saturday at 8 p.m. And we're really, I mean, we're pushing all the performances, of course, but we're really particularly excited about the late night. Um, just because, you know, there's always a different element once you've done a show twice in one night and there's always a different energy and there will be a full bar uh, provided by the Scranton Cultural Center for, uh, you know, cash bar for sale. Mm -hmm. um, ATM on site. Don't you, don't you kiddos worry. Um, but we're really excited just to create that, like to further create and promote that downtown vibe. Yeah, that's that's something I'm like probably most excited about, about this show as weird as it sounds, this like the cultural center, like allowing us to do this, like giving us a place for people to just like walk around downtown and then late night, go underground and watch a comedy show. Like that's this thing that is such a neat part of like living in a city that they're like, okay, here's the basement. Go ahead, put up a comedy show. Like it's, I think that's really they've been very they're very they've been very adventurous with us and accommodating and I really you know I I, I hope it continues uh, yeah we yeah it's, it, it was really grows. I'm excited about that just the mental image yeah. of that we really believe that I means we have so much talent in the region in the performing arts um and I'm obviously biased with my position with the fringe festival and I get to kind of see all of that in a sort of combined crazy beautiful uh you know, showcase based format. Um, but it really is. Um, but something I think that we constantly need to be focusing on is developing audiences. And that's not just marketing and which is done through so, you know, progressive outlets like this podcast, which we're very grateful for and all the exposure. Good. Any PA scene does. <laughs> um, wow. Good. <laughs> uh, no, but for serious, but for real though, it's, it's such a big asset and it reaches such a different audience, but going to the theater even if it'll never get quite to that degree, should be as commonplace as like going to see a movie. There should be enough 
high quality, and I, pref- I preface that, high quality offerings that is like, oh, what do you want to do this weekend? Oh, we go see Avengers, or oh, actually, I wanted to catch that show at the Cultural Center. Oh, yeah, let me do that. Like that, it should be as, as accessible as possible. It should be as commonplace. That is our goal as a, we try to, you know, the culture that we try to promote and create. Um, do you think it's weird for people because they're so used to seeing like close ups and wide shots and, and that might be their aversion to theater or is it? I think initially that's that's kind of true. But I mean, watching theater like anything else is kind of a skill. Like if you go and you're just like looking at the stage in front of you, then it's boring. It's really boring. But if you go and then you start making close ups in your head, you know what I mean? Like you decide what's a close up. You focus on one actor's face and then the wide shot during like a big moment. Like once you learn how to read a play, it doesn't take long. It's just like maybe by like 25 minutes in, you really understand like what you're looking at and you learn how to read the play. You start making these things. It's kind of like a pick your own adventure kind of thing. You know, I used to love those books. Yeah. No, I agree though. I agree completely. I'm just, I'm just asking because it's it's you know it's. I mean, all we want to do is be distracted from life, anyways. <laughs> so what's the difference between me, a movie like, or? Yeah. I mean, I think with the you know with the you know the golden age of cable television that I think we're slowly fading out of, and you know because we have the streaming based platforms. I mean, I think ultimately we just want really good stories. And yeah, there's totally going to be a time I just want to go see you know, Captain America and I just want to see stuff blow up and I want, and that's awesome. And that's, there's a time and place for that. But most of the time, and ultimately what I'm still looking for besides the all luxuries of the special effects and the, the high action budgets, I just want to see a really good story. So I think as long as you're telling a really good, interesting story and you're trying to be creative about it, it's like Simone said, you do have to, it's kind of readjust and relearn how to watch this differently. Eventually, yeah, but I think, but the I same think core. I think it's more engaging to audiences is mm-hmm. if oh, you yeah. have a really good story. Oh God, yeah. I mean, ultimately, if you don't have a good story, there's no point in doing it. And like, even though it happens, yeah. Oh, a lot. Yeah, and a lot in this area. I'm, I mean, we have amazing, amazing theater and arts. Are you talking like theater wise? Yeah. Is there some? That, uh, can move on to another thought. <laughs> oh, is there some theater in there that I don't think is great? No, no, no. What I'm saying, it, but I mean, I'm like, not going to talk about it. The answer is yes, but. <laughs> I'm sure people have come see my shows and thought they were terrible. That's fine. That's totally fair. I will say I've seen I've more never good than that. I've seen bad. But that's that's good. Yeah, of course yeah. it is. Yeah. So it's not like schlocky shit. I would much rather have an audience member come to five of my shows and I hope ideally walk away and told me three were great, one was all right, and the fifth was terrible. Because at least then I know there being a discerning, challenging audience. And, you know, instead of just being like, they were all great or they were all shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Either, yeah, you don't want someone who's hypercritical because they're just not going to like anything and they're miserable. You also, I mean, yes, it's lovely to have people say, oh, that was terrific. That was so good. <laughs> that's but how they say Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, and that's what, yeah, that's what I have my parents for, who actually are. Your hyper- parents are super discerning. Super discerning and really critical. So but that, that must be good then. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that just makes you constantly try to. I know if something game. was good and I know if something was. Eh. <clears throat> they don't even have to say it, do they? It is to you. If it's really good, they'll say something first. And if it's not really good, they won't say a word. Thanks for having us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks that you you did a show. And that's fine. My and that's and it also I 
don't know how Simone feels about this. I, I mean, I, you know, love when my family comes to see me and it's supportive. And I sometimes get bummed out when I told them not to come and then they listen to me and don't come. But, you know, in any other profession, you have to start treating it that way. Whose mom, like, you know, none of our mothers are in this room right now listening to us do this podcast. You know what I mean? Like there comes, you know, the mailman's mother doesn't follow him. You put that letter in the slot. Good for you. <laughs> I'm not being patronized. I'm just saying like eventually there has to be a line where this is my profession. You, I don't need my mother to love everything about it or, mm. you know, to be supportive of me as an individual. Yeah. You're going to, it's now time to be your own person. Right. Yeah. Right. Stephen Karam's parents don't show up to every show. They totally show up when he wins a Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm saying the milestones. I'm yeah, sure like they the were premiere there. They go to, yeah, yeah. No, of course. Of course. I mean, also we're talking about that, you know, very large scale, but yeah, but also, you know, Steve Karam has a workshop reading in the village of a new script. I know, I'm sure his mom and dad aren't necessarily going to show up. Well, no, it's like, uh, like when I was in a band, like it's my, his job. Yeah. It's his very well done, very incredibly talented job. Well, my mom's a teacher. I don't go look at her every day. Right. Yes, she right. is. Did you have her? I had your mom. I loved your mom. Oh, good. She was a bright spot in the don't steal dark the line pit. Me. I'm not. I almost did for a second. I didn't. But <laughs> WSIS a was a hell mouth. And your mom was <laughs> a wonderful person. <laughs> I've never heard hell mouth in mm-hmm. my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well. You think, did you go to West? No. Did you go to West Intermediate? Well, that's why. I was privileged. I went to Abington. Oh, well, yeah, because your mom worked there and she knew what was My going on. My mom didn't on. work at Abington. She no, she worked, worked at, at West. West. That's why I'm saying. That's why I went to Abington. Oh. She knew. No, 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 no. She we knew. moved up before she became a teacher. Uh, uh, right. Bougie. Uh, all right. <laughs> How's she doing? Wonderful. You want to see her? Your mom? Like Not right like now? right now, but yes, yeah. I, I will, would I will. love to. I really think she'll remember me because we were quite good friends. Like I would, she would be like on lunch patrol, and oh, lunch just patrol. Weird there. Yeah, so I'd go chat with her by the bathrooms and stuff. We talk a lot. I she was my buddy. We talk. We talked during gym class. We talk. I loved her. She's great. What would you guys talk about? Like for I don't example, know, just like other people there. Her Barbies. Um, <laughs> not the Barbies. No, I was very embarrassed at that point. I was not always open talking about the Barbie. Thing. Are you still? At playing with them, yeah. Oh, okay. School? Yeah. Okay. No, for no, sure. Fine. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, far, the timeline sure. is like yesterday. So we're doing. Yeah. yeah no, she finally I, gave I, it up yesterday. You know what? They stopped being fun. Like I would if I still found them fun. Well, like I would totally still, but like to this point, like a, my like child, one of my childhood best friends, like we'll hang out. Like recently, she's like, "You want to go see if we can still play Barbies?" I was like, "Yup." <laughs> we made it like five minutes. It's not fun anymore, but it gets weird because I have Connor now, and I can just do it to him. We have the ensemble, and I just play Barbies <laughs> with my human yeah. friends. We get to we get to outlet it. We get but to yeah, be no, Hamlet and Horatio together. And yeah, your mom's great. Do all fun stuff. I freaking yes. love your mom. I'll make it. Um, I'll I'll re I'll re. What's the fucking word? Re rekindle. Wire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rekindle. Please do. I will. She's she's the best. She is the best. Yeah. <sighs> Such a weird day, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> It's been a weird week, I think. Well, yeah. Yeah. Our A game is is really off today. Yeah, well. Our think, B game's off. I think, everyone, I think, you know, for various reasons, That's what they everyone's call mind us, or elsewhere. I'm bringing like D minus today. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bringing the D. It's not, I tried to no, we got make it. it no, we got I tried it. to make it. We got 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 it. Come see our sketch show. Which is the 24th June 24th and 25th at the Scranton Cultural Center. Get your tickets at newvintageensemble.com. That's okay. Maybe I can come that Friday. 
You should. Eight o'clock. Because I have to go to JFK on Saturday. Well, then come to the eight o'clock show. It's it, the show runs like seventy minutes. It it's a lovely. It's presented with no intermission. It's a really really good time. I promise it'll be a lot of fun. Are you guys having fun doing it? Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's an absolute blast. The cast is amazing. They're working right now. <laughs> Have you been reinvigorated? Um, creatively. This is the first time I've directed in a really long time. Like a really, How do you feel? really long time. I feel nervous, but they're doing great. I'm just I don't want to let them down. And it's just it's it's I'm finding the challenges that I want to get really in depth with them as is our ensembles. Like we have a whole method and process and delving in and collaboration, and they're doing great with that. And then I feel bad. I'm like. Yeah, it's a three-minute sketch, though, guys. Just do the joke. Like, oh, really? I, well, no, no, and that's not them. That's me. Like, I can't. I can. I'm. I'm the Bob Fosse of Scranton. I'm. I'm going back and forth between you know taking it as seriously as like we did Hamlet, or it's a sketch show. But I've decided there's a balance. There's a balance in between to not you know overanalyze something that you can't possibly convey in three minutes. But at the same time, if you're going to do something, do it well. Yeah, I'd imagine it's quite different to direct something like this as opposed to, uh, you know, a straight play or something like that. Yeah, because you just don't have the 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 t- you, you literally just don't have the time. Sure. To div- so I mean in way, in some ways it's way easier of course because one person no no more than one person has any more than like 15 minute stage time because every actor is playing multiple parts throughout right. the sketch show. But the longest sketch I think is like 5 minutes, <clears throat> 5 or 6 minutes and the shortest sketch is like 90 seconds. You know oh, I mean? yeah. So, oh yeah. I mean, there's some that are just like we talked about before that we made the joke. It's funny. We're done. All right. Yeah. Whatever you say, Connor. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean it as forcefully as it sounded. <laughs> okay. It's funny. Just, it's okay. funny. I'm your, I'm your actor. You're my it's director. Funny. Whatever you say. In all sincerity though, we are really grateful to the, to the cultural center. Um, we really, really encourage people to come out once again. It's June 24th at 8 PM and 10 PM and June 25th at 8 p.m. And for more information on this show or any of our shows and to get tickets to the sketch show, just go to newvintageensemble.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. How about Instagram? And Instagram. Yeah. Hashtag slutty clown baby. It's up. <laughs> Is it? So you know, it's up. Oh my God, I can't wait yeah, to turn my phone back on. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll, let me tag you real quick. Thank you. Thanks. So, you know, not to end things on a down note or anything like that, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think we would be remiss if, uh, you know, we didn't do the last word uh, about the uh, uh, tragic shooting in uh, Orlando, Florida uh, the, the other day. And it's it's just been the last well, 48 hours or so has just been it, it, it you know, your, your social media blows up again and it's the same old uh, arguments about uh, gun control and everything else that you have to, you know, you have to deal with on top of uh, the morning. Of course, there's, there's a vigil tonight uh, that some of us are, are headed to uh, uh, right after this in Scranton. There was a vigil last night uh, at heat in Wilkes-Barre. Um, so obviously it's, it's had an effect uh, locally. It's had an effect nationally. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know if what, what, what really we want to say about it uh, overall. I, I just, I just want to say that I'm, I'm, you know, really sad saddened by the whole thing that we're we're still at this point um that we're still uh with with all these shootings that happen every couple months it seems uh that we're still topping ourselves in terms of the body count and uh that we're still having the same old arguments about uh you know radical religion and gun control and uh homophobia and things like that over and over and over again uh you kind of hope that things get better and then something like that just hits you in the gut and you just feel like uh we we've just taken you know a hundred steps back um i'm hoping that uh, as as uh, john daw had said 
uh, yesterday at the uh, the Wilkes Bear vigil that uh, people take this in the same way that they do uh, this this the Stonewall riots, you know, and and learn from it, and that it's a it's a historical moment that we all come out of uh, better and stronger for, as opposed to mm-hmm. uh, weaker and bickering and not really getting anything done and not really seeing any change. I think there there has there absolutely has to be some kind of change that comes out of this. Uh, and and I hope it's not just ignored uh, like uh, Sandy Hook or many of the other tragedies where uh, it seems like looking back now, nothing came of it. You know, we didn't learn anything. We just argued a lot. The legislators never got off their asses and did anything about it. Um, and, and we just kind of pretended that, uh, you, you know, it, that, that, you know, whatever the, the next news bite was, was more important than mm-hmm. the last, unfortunately. I have opinions, but I don't know if you want me to <laughs> say them. Feel free if you quick. want. Sure. Um, it, it bothers me deeply, but at the same time, it's like this is this is. I mean, I I remember where I was the day Columbine happened, and that really rocked me to the core. Mm. And. It scares me that as a society that these are becoming, and I and I noticed it in myself, which which is the kind of like the thing that bothers me, is that these are happening so often, and this one was, you know, a, a surgical strike against a you know a a, a specific it's a, stupid a, a like it doesn't even make fucking people. sense. But anyways, like it 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 just it just bothers me personally and and as a as a human um that the, but the thing that scares me is like I, I, I remember where i was for 9 11 or for not for 9 11 i remember that too but um for columbine and that rocked me to the core for a long time and and i think we're just seeing these so f- often that i feel like i'm becoming desensitized to it absolutely does that make sense no, no absolutely like because like it happened and then like i i, I, had, I had a shoot Mm-hmm. So like it happened, I woke up, went and did the shoot and the shoot kind of distracted me where it, I remember in other instances, like, fuck the shoot. Like, right. Let's just, let's just focus on this for a moment and, and reflect and just figure out. And the other, and the other thing like I realized, like it really bothered, like I, it takes more energy to hate than it does to love. Mm-hmm. You right. like, you like, here's your two choices, love or don't give a shit mm-hmm. and just walk away. It's easier said. I know. But like, you know, when you reach our age, you look back and you're just like, man, things are different. Yeah. Like, That's how I feel. No, I agree. I agree. Like, I'm not even like, I'm not even horrified. I'm just tired. Like, it's That's, just, that's what I feel. Exhausting. It's just exhausting. Like, this, this is just this perfect storm of all these I told you so's that you never want to be right about. And like, here we are with this horrible mess on our hands. And it's the kind of thing where it's like you know, when you're doing something wrong for a really long time, like something just like when you're in a place where something is very wrong for a very long time and changing it is just completely unimaginable that you can't imagine that there's anything outside of this just bad, wrong situation. And then you make the radical decision to make it better and things get better. Like I feel like we're at the point where we can't even imagine that anymore. 
that like we can't even imagine things getting better at this point because everyone's just banging their head against the wall and no one is doing the logical thing. No one's doing the thing that it takes to make it better that we're just resigned. Like it's sad, but we're just resigning ourselves to this culture of hatred and violence. And it, it just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any logical, rational sense. Particularly when we seem to be the country that has these very severe problems with mm-hmm. this. The fact that you you don't, you know, our, our neighbors right upstairs yeah. in Canada don't seem to have the same problems uh, in, in terms of uh, gun violence. You know, it, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't make sense. You well, don't see the same thing overseas in a lot of country. other countries. Exactly. You really, you really don't. And, and It's so disproportionate, like it's unfathomable. Right. And it makes you want, well, what are we doing wrong? What is wrong with us? You know? I don't think it's and, a one size fits all. I think everybody needs to look at themselves and say, you I, know, I, we I either, think, we either want to so be too. assholes for the rest of our lives or we yeah. don't. There's no, there's no need for a civilian to have an assault rifle. No. I'm not, I mean, I, I don't want to, they're made for one reason. Nobody's nobody's ever no, yeah, nobody's ever mo- nobody's ever been like, "Oh good, I got 40 clips to take the deer down." Right. Right. Or 40 40 And that's rounds on, when clip. people freak out about that, why do you need it? Why you do you need it? You don't. Your only two reasons are either A, cuz I want it. That's your reason. Mm-hmm. And I and I actually I'm going to apologize for a second cuz I took the stereotypical route and I put on a southern accent there. It is not an exclusive problem to one locale or region. The reason they is cuz because they want it. Because they want it. It's a child who had a toy, and now, unfortunately, that toy has to get taken away that they didn't need and deserve and have in the first place and is a death warrant. And the second reason is to accomplish the things that were accomplished, like in Orlando. Those are two reasons, none of which are valid, argument closed. And I, and I honest to God, don't care if anyone gets offended by that. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to take away your pistol. I understand there are responsible gun owners. Nobody's ever tried to do that. I understand. No, why would they want to? And the NRA is so powerful I, 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 just don't, I just don't understand powerful. it's like it's why can't I buy a grenade at a gun show or maybe I can I don't know well, you probably I, could probably can every time made for destruction that's all they are even when the the hype dies down back. from this type of stuff uh, most Americans when polled over and over and over again uh, the vast majority really do believe that we need stricter uh, laws because I mean this is a guy who was on terrorist watch lists uh, this is a guy that the FBI was watching. This is a guy who has a history of violence, has a history of mental instability, and he was still able to purchase those weapons uh, just recently to be able to perform this act. So to me, that says, okay, the system is really broken here, but time and time again, you have uh, the, the votes in, in Congress, the votes in the Senate do not reflect what people are no. really, what, what, what they really want, what their constituents no. really believe. And, and this- and that's unfortunate. And the real sad part about it is, too, I mean, there are things that are really complicated and not that this is simple, but in the grand scheme of political things, if the votes were there and it happened, it would not take very long to take effect. Right. It's not. It's I mean, I'm not trying to I mean, don't get me wrong. There's going to be assault. I mean, for the next hundred years, there's going to be assault rifles floating around for the next five years. Every year they come up with quicker, easier ways to kill people. Mm-hmm. Like this is fucking stupid. And it's for military. And, and, and those companies are for military. There are military contracts. So one, do we diminish the amount that those are made? Or more importantly, which I mean, I think both are a valid conversation. But you know, I can't make a comment on international you know warfare and politics. I'm not educated enough. All I know is I don't need an assault rifle. No I, one in this room needs an assault look, rifle. Look, here's here's what I know. Life, you know, life is precious and it's a gift. 
and I, I don't understand why it's all and death. Let's also remember, and I also don't want to get, I and I, I know Rich Men, we don't want to get too doom and gloom, but I mean, it is a very serious subject. I will say, whenever this happens, it's unfortunate that it takes something like this, but the, the outpour from across the world has been really moving. And really beautiful, but but the problem and, and the problem no, is it's a temporary. It's I don't it think no. I disagree though. I disagree because you look back at every major, even when you mentioned, and I agree in the grand scheme of things, did anything change after Sandy Hook? No, but there was a lot of awareness. Yeah, Connecticut and, and, had better gun laws. Which this guy would have never. That's the one thing. I mean, that's said. I mean, and I and I it's I am. There's a no way, shape, or form. Am I even trying to silver lining this? There is no silver lining to this. It's simply the fact that it it happened. We one way or another, one way or another, we do have to move forward for better or worse. We as a you know a world and a culture. I will just say that it, it, it I found it heartwarming. I found it enriching, and it's totally temporary. And and half of it is total slacktivism, if I'm using that term, you know, correctly. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's completely all that it is. I will just say, let it be known that allegedly this person. I don't even want to speak his name. This person perpetrated this act because he saw two men kissing in Miami like a month or two. Before the attack, allegedly, allegedly, this is also a quote from his father, who's a psycho who already has. Yeah, I was going to just say it has questionable. I don't you know, want to until it's done until it's like proven is it is questionable, his own stability and his own nature of his character. Um, all I will say also, though, because often we feel so powerless in this situation without naming obvious names, there is a national dialogue about a specific person who simultaneously stirs up hey oh i can say his name there's drumpf. there's drumpf donald trump simultaneously stirs up hatred and bigotry on the one side and then also removes the face of the community that was the for lack of a better term victim and i apologize to use that term but the those hurt in this attack and it's so disturbingly well-crafted. I and, I and I'm I'm not complimenting him. It almost I'm just seems saying, like the devil's playbook. It's yeah. really well-crafted. Like, if you want to, just from a total analytical standpoint, his message, I mean, his wording is atrocious. I don't know who writes. I, I literally think he writes it, all it, his own it stuff. It's got to be him. It's, it's so stupid. So it has bad. to be him. Even down to the point where he, like, instead of LGBT, he put, like, LBT, oh. L. Like, I mean, like, st- stupid, factual, like, not even... We're not even put, talking ethics. We're talking grammar. He just like, talks too much off the top of his head. Oh, yeah. it's disgusting. What I will say, though, there are local individuals and organizations that continue to support him and give him a platform on the national level. And you know who you are and you know that you're doing it and you might be a lovely human being in your own right. If you have children, if you had children, how, how can this attack not register to you, first of all, on that level, which I'm sure for many it did. Okay, you're a human being. That was that could have been your child that was that life was lost in this attack or in any of the gun violence in this country has happened time and time again, where this just happens to be more prominent in our minds because it happened recently. And then hear him politicize it and turn it into he tried to blame Obama. Because the guy's that. family got into the country. The kid was born in 1986, New York. Wasn't Obama like finishing his doctor? Like, like was I it? it and I understand you could label him as the head of the, the party or the institution. It's just so disgusting. It's so absurd. I think George W. Bush was Jr. was a terrible president in no way, shape or form. Can I blame him for, you know, actions that took place before he had any sort of degree of authority? It's just, you know, Watergate's your fault, Bush. What? <laughs> That's. 
I, I will because we, we got to go this thing, but I will say that um, I think Trump actually posted a, a tweet today where it was like, if if there was an armed, a good armed, uh, a good guy that was armed there, well, this would have happened. Say that every single. But here's, time. but here's the interesting. Right. Here's the interesting fact about that is there was two security guards that were armed and one off-duty police officer that was in there. And none of them were able to take The her. cop exchanged fire and then went into the bathroom and of course stayed in there. Because it's I mean, not a civilian. Even if you're even well, if he, has you're a, trained, he has an AR-15. But, he, but even if you're trained yeah. in that, you're in this moment in time, it's not supposed to happen. That's not the that's not how that's not how tactics work. I don't know. Was that before or after Trump also said, I appreciate you all telling me I was right? Yeah, what a gloating asshole. How dare you? How dare you? I mean, it, it just like not to oversimplify things, but he, he's a human piece of shit. <laughs> no, and honestly, God, it's, it's, it, that's he's, it. He's Chet from Weird Science. <laughs> <laughs> it is, hey, it is, guys. It is tragic and it is awful. But just remember, we can't stop that event from happening. And unfortunately, it will happen again. Things will get worse before things will happen again before they stop happening. However, you do have the ability to stop supporting those who support him. I understand in the national level, we feel disconnected. And, and for a large part, we are. Our, our system is screwed up. But you do have a little bit of an impact on the platform you give. Who give the platform? Well, here's something that I'm looking at this mm-hmm. with like a bit of a silver lining is that gays get shit done. And mm-hmm. now that they have been singled out, now that the now that this has happened, this is a hate crime. This, this is, is a hate crime, plain and simple. And now that this has happened, it's time to get shit done and like do the heavy lifting that the gay community well, always does. Like and, and it's, sure. you're 110 percent right. And the, I, I told my this fiance, is the issue now. I told my fiance last night. I was like, I was like, you know what the weird part is, and you know, she's from Russia where they don't let gay people. Mm-hmm. Come say that they're gay, right? Um, but she—that's this, this is she's pre that weird law. Mm-hmm. Um, th- between like the religious fundamentalists and and like the the all the bullshit that the the gay the LGBTQ community's been through, and like especially like the last ten years, where like sides have been chosen, mm-hmm. and you know most rational Americans are like, who cares? Like love mm-hmm. is love. Just go wherever you want to go. The these guys are gonna now unite everyone. So it's like, mm-hmm. right. oh, the enemy of me enemies, right, right. And I, I think, it, I think it's gonna humanize a lot of them too, it because has I, to. I, I think you have so many uh, groups, uh, so many political parties, for that matter, that just kind of lump them together and you know say these ridiculously stupid and bigoted things, and maybe this will be the thing that humanizes them and and, and says, okay, wow, I, I've you know. I've I've just stereotyped and I haven't really looked at, you know, their faces, but now, you know, it makes it's, you know, and the, the other thing that people aren't focusing on that I think they should is this, this was a largely Latino crowd yes, as well. Correct. So I think it humanizes, uh, you know, it, it, both uh, the LGBT crowd to people who maybe hadn't seen them that way before. And I think the Latino crowd as well. I and watched I video from they, the inside. It looked no different than that night you were at the Coliseum. Probably. 
You couldn't tell. Like, you couldn't even tell no, it was a I'll, gay no. club. Right, right. No, I was going to say no, because they were because that's not what much kinder pe- human beings. No, but people have like these stereotypes. Like, the, you know, like the, gay the clubs Trump supporters. are skeezy. Guess it's what? Not. All clubs are skeezy. It's right. a club. Um, and <laughs> they were 22-year-olds. They were 23-year-olds. Yeah. So, so, and, and, and to echo what Simone said, I will say, as someone who is I'm a proud member of that community and have been very well supported, more than I deserve by that community, not only do they get shit done, they they get it done with a vengeance mm-hmm. and, 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 and I'm not, it's not being callow or minimizing what happened, but it was just the fact that especially, and, and I, and the major response will not be in direct response to this. First and foremost, they want to take care of those who are affected and, you know, provide security for the entire national level of the community. The response that's going to get it done is going to be in response to the response from the other side. If that makes yeah. sense. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not. Did, did you see what the first thing the NRA did? No. The tweet? No. The only thing that they said. What? Was something about like getting your dad a gun for Father's Day. <sighs> that was their. Go to the, go, go say that to the My fathers own. that have lost their children. Yeah. Go right. say that to the, to the parents that have lost. I'm sorry. It you know, though they so would mad. though. They actually probably would. would. They would. So... They're so disgusting. They're so disgusting. Because they represent an entire industry. There was it. it oof, just nah, never mind. I mean, and they've they've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to make legislators go the way they have oh, in millions. terms of these you know, millions, millions. Yeah. millions. It's, it's ridiculous. That being said, hope everybody goes home and hugs everybody they love. Absolutely appreciate who you have right now. There are amazed. The NEPA Rainbow Alliance is an amazing organization. Um, do and I, and I think we the, the point that I'm sure we all agree on that we haven't stated right now. This is not an excuse to just because we're supporting one community. This is not an excuse to downgrade the other community that is inadvertently going to become the villains yeah. in sure. the situation. In the situation, there's there are so many more beautiful, talented, educated, and and you know hardworking Americans. Once and once again, this guy was an American. You know, we have we every country, every population. He has a birth certificate and a social security are, number. There are yeah. mur- there are gay murderers. There are gay monsters. There are straight monsters. There are Muslim so monsters. There Muslims are Christian aren't monsters. The enemy. No guns. No gun legislation. We is the enemy. Uh, we were right. ju- we were just last week uh, celebrating uh, uh, Muhammad Ali. You mm-hmm. know, and and his amazing life, and and talking about what a great Holy American term. he was. And he was a Muslim too. So mm-hmm. I think we have to see both sides of that coin. How quickly we turn right. Exactly. As a populist. Although, although I will say though that last I will I will say though, majority of the media response I've been seeing, at least maybe not mainstream, but on the regional level and following in Orlando and the and the people commenting on it, there doesn't seem to be too much of that vit- you know, vile I mean, people, uh, vitriol. People, I hope so. We've gotten wise. Yeah. And, right. and 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 also, you know, give it time. I'm sure that'll I'm sure the real, you know, Ann Coulter will have something to say. <laughs> because God knows when a major life event happens in the world, I want to know what I don't want to know what she has to say about it. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see what our columnist uh, D has to say about it as well. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. uh, this Friday she'll have a, a new column about it as well. Not to put her on the spot, but no. uh, you know, I look forward to, to you know what what she has to say. She's usually very eloquent about putting these kinds of things in perspective, especially since mm-hmm. she was in Philly over the weekend at a uh, at a big conference mm-hmm. uh, yeah, about some of these very topics. Uh, so it's it's ironic that you know this this obviously happened in the same. Uh, weekend, but uh, you know, maybe there's still there'll, there'll be some balance there in terms of the message. So, 
Uh, I love you guys. Let's yeah. go to that thing. You too. Be well. Be safe. Thank you so much for having us. Is that it? Yeah. That's it. Okay. Thank you so much. Good.